Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Amen and amen. I want to share with you some things. You know, as I was actually uh, uh, praying this afternoon, spent a little time, the Lord spoke to me four things that, that I wanted to just kind of introduce this, this with. And, and he said this, he said, number one, I came to introduce the kingdom back to my people. You know, the first thing Jesus did whenever he started his ministry, he preached the gospel or the good news of the kingdom. Amen. What was he doing? He was introducing back to mankind the kingdom of God. Because whenever Adam sinned, the thing that he lost was access to the kingdom of God. He was separated from God. And the kingdom of darkness came on this land. Amen. Then the second thing, Lord said this. He said, I came to teach the truths of the kingdom. He did. He taught us the truth of the kingdom of God, didn't he? He taught us what the kingdom was about. He talked about the dominion of God, the love of God, the the grace of God, the goodness of God. So he began to teach us the things of the kingdom of God. Then the third thing the Lord did in his ministry was he demonstrated the power of the kingdom. Amen. I mean, he would teach on healing, then he'd heal people, didn't he? He preached that God would deliver you, then he'd set people free from the, the oppressions of, of the devil. And, and, and you see miracle signs and wonders because he's enforcing or demonstrating the power of the kingdom. I heard Till Osborne, I don't know if you know who I'm talking about, but Till Osborne was a great missionary apostle, uh, and, and God spoke to him. He spoke whenever uh, we were at Ramah, he came into Ramah one time, and he was there, and he stood up and he said this, He spoke to all the ministries. He said, if you can't demonstrate it, you don't have the right to preach it. And so we all just left the school. (laughs) There was three people graduated that year. No, praise God. But, But he had a truth, okay? The Lord doesn't want us to just teach and share. He wants us to demonstrate. And Paul writes and says that the kingdom of God is not just in words, but it's in power isn't it amen and jesus said mark 16 these signs shall accompany and follow those who believe amen and so we're to do the same thing jesus demonstrated the power of the kingdom and then the third the fourth thing the lord spoke to me is this that he showed us how to operate in the kingdom isn't that great jesus didn't just come and and introduce it he didn't just come and teach the principles he didn't just come and 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 demonstrate it himself but the lord also taught us and showed us how we're to operate in these things also you say how do you know that well in hebrews chapter one the bible says that god in in the days gone by spoke to us through the prophets has in these last days spoken to us through his son amen so jesus was god speaking to us and then the lord jesus said the works that i do you shall do also and greater works than these and then he demonstrated it's not by me it's the father in me that's doing these works so so he began to show us how we are to operate and follow his example amen and, and one of the things that the lord really began to speak to me in this is this he said if you'll notice i never did anything without saying it Amen. You know, in Hebrews 11:3 it says that by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, that those things which are seen are made of those things which are unseen. You know what that word, the, the W-O-R-D word there is? It's the Greek word rhema. And he says this, by faith we understand that the worlds or the eons or the ages were framed by God speaking the word. 
Amen. And the Lord Jesus, when he was here, how did he defeat the enemy in, 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 the, in the wilderness? And, he, and Jesus said, it is written. He spoke the word, didn't he? Amen. What did the Lord do? He, he, to preach, he spoke the word. When he came across something that was uh, uh, attacking, he spoke the word. Amen. Whenever he stood before the crowds, he'd speak the word. When he stood in front of the, the people, he, he always would speak out the plan, will, and purpose of God. Amen. And so we begin to get some insight here. If we're going to operate in this hour and flow in the power of the kingdom of God and flow in the things that God wants us to do, guess what we're going to have to get hold of? We're going to have to get a hold of our tongue. And we're going to have to regain and, and get a hold of again the revelation of the importance of what we say. Amen? And don't let the past and people fussing and complaining and saying all that, name it, claim it, you know, grab it, and, you know, nab it and whatever and all this stuff, you know. No, I don't care what they've persecuted. Listen, there is a truth here that we have to recapture and bring it back in their hearts. And that is our words are important. Amen. What you say counts. I want to take just a few moments and show that to you. In Proverbs, the 18th chapter and verses 20 and 21, the Bible says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. Notice that. Your, your stomach shall be satisfied or filled up by the fruit of your mouth. No, somebody else's mouth, your mouth. Notice that. And from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. That word produce there in the Hebrew can also be translated harvest. And from the harvest of his lips, he shall be filled. So your, your, your words are going to produce a fruit, is going to produce a substance and a produce, and that produce is going to be the harvest, and that's what you're going to have in your life. And then he says in the next verse, he goes on, and he really gives us the, the detail, and he says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And the word power there in the Hebrew is also can be translated in the direction of the tongue. Death and life are in the direction of the tongue. Amen. Now, that goes right along with what James chapter 3. Ever read those first four verses in the third chapter of James? We won't turn there, but just mark it down. James talks about over there, he, he, he talks about your words and about the tongue. And he says, you know what? He says, the tongue is like a rudder. I'll paraphrase it for you. He says, the tongue is like a rudder on a ship. And he said, there's waves and fierce winds and everything flowing. He said, but that ship goes right where that little small rudder directs it and that rudder is determined by the captain or the pilot of the ship amen and so he's saying this he's saying if you the pilot of your ship will get control of the rudder of your tongue and point it in the right direction it doesn't matter how big the storm is it doesn't matter how much the devil's attacking you god will get you through that thing because your rudder will take you right where god wants you to go not where the storm wants you to go amen Hallelujah. So there's power in your tongue. There's a power in your words. And he goes ahead and again and he says this. And those who love it will eat its fruit. It doesn't matter what other people are saying about you. It's what are you saying about you. Amen. I'm not going to eat the fruit of what you say about me. I'm going to eat the fruit about what I say about me. Amen. And I need to get a hold of this. Look, look over here in the 15th chapter of Proverbs. Let's just drop back here for a moment. Listen, listen what the, the, the psalmist says here. He says, the soft answer turns away wrath, 
But a harsh word, what's it do? Stirs up anger. You know what he's saying? He's saying how you answer a matter determines whether it escalates or whether it decreases. You can make it better or you can make it worse by the answer that you give. Your words are either going to make somebody get even more mad or they're going to bring peace and calm into that situation. Amen? So it's important how we answer the things that are going on around us. We can either make it worse or we can make it better by the answer of our lips. Amen? Listen to what he says in this next verse. He says, the tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools just pours forth foolishness. You know what he's saying? He says, you want, to, you, you want to be wise and produce peace and blessing everywhere you go? Then use the knowledge of God wisely and learn how to speak what God speaks. Learn to answer that thing how God would answer it. See, gain the knowledge and put that knowledge in your heart and put it in your mouth and speak it out and begin to turn that situation around, praise God. And you know what you're doing? You're acting like Jesus when you do that. Amen. Because that's how he operated the kingdom of God. He used the knowledge of God with his words to turn situations that were against him into something that was for him, praise God. Amen. And that's exactly what the Lord, I believe, is speaking to us in these early days of this year, is getting our, our, our ships pointed in the right direction, realizing there's still going to be fierce storms, great waves, but it doesn't matter. That little rudder between cheek and gum, if you'll let the captain, the heart of your life, begin to get a hold of your tongue, not your flesh, not your head, not the world, but let your heart get a hold of your tongue and begin to direct it the way God wants it directed, he'll get you right through the storms of life and get you to the victory amen? amen hallelujah and that's for each and every one of us praise god now look over here in matthew's gospel the 12th chapter look over here the lord jesus he he's teaching here and and you know he kind he pretty much gives us the similar truths here he says in verse 33 either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad for the tree is known by its fruit notice, notice that when we begin to look at this it's not all God. Amen. Well, if the Lord wants me to have this, no, he told you to make the tree good and its fruit good, or you to make the tree bad and its fruit bad. He didn't just say, you know, stand out in the sun and I'll make you a good tree. Amen. You and I have some responsibility in this thing, don't we? And, and, and we've already found out, according to Proverbs, that what we say is going to produce a fruit, and it's going to produce good fruit, or it's going to produce bad fruit, because life and death are in the power of the tongue. So you've got to understand something, folks. The only thing that Adam gave us that we didn't have before he fell was the ability to produce death. Because everything before Adam sinned was good. But whenever Adam sinned, the ability to produce death came upon mankind. And now the words, the very laws of the kingdom of God that God put to bless us, the devil tries to use against us. And instead of speaking good things, instead of speaking out blessings, instead of speaking the knowledge of God, the devil wants us to speak the things that are destroying sickness, disease, poverty, lack, hatred, whatever. Because the power to produce that is in your tongue. 
Amen. Hallelujah. See, we, we've got to get a hold of this. Amen. This really helped me whenever I, I sat under the ministry of Kenneth Hagin and, 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 and began to get a hold of some things. I began to realize that my, my conversation and what I said and, and the things that I talked were, were pretty bad. I mean, you know, I just talk crazy stuff. What do you mean? I don't know. I'm going to make this, man. We're going under. Oh, God. Oh, God, if you don't come through, we're done. <laughs> Amen. And I can remember sitting there with nothing really victorious in my life other than we, God just kind of, you know, being merciful to us. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, just God just kind of dragging us along in grace. <laughs> and God would be trying to do something to me, and he's saying one thing and I'm saying another. And Amos 3, 3 says, how can two walk together except they be in agreement? And so God's trying to get me to walk with him, but he can't get me in agreement with him because he's saying this and I'm saying this. And every now and then, I'd, I'd stumble along the right thing and say enough to get God to be able to pull me out of the ditch. Hallelujah. But then I began to hear Brother Hagin teaching on the, the importance of your confession and the importance of saying the things of God and speaking out your faith and not your doubts and speaking out the blessings and not the curse and, and releasing the, the, the blessings of God. And you know something? I didn't totally understand everything he taught at the moment, but I grabbed a hold of it and said, you know, it's in the Bible, so I'm going to believe it. You know, I don't have to understand how everything works to enjoy it and use it. In fact, I would be honest with you, every one of us, if we were asked the question, are there things in your home and things in your life that you have no idea how they work, but you believe they work and you enjoy the benefits of them, don't you? Amen. And you jump right in there and use them. Well, why would you have to sit around and say, well, if I can't understand it, I'm not going to do it. And the Lord didn't say go in all the world and preach the gospel so everybody could understand. He said go in all the world and preach the gospel so everybody could believe it. And he didn't say those that understand it and figure it out will be blessed. He said those who believe and receive it shall be blessed. Amen. So all you have to do tonight as I'm teaching this word is make sure it's in the Bible and believe you receive it. Praise God. And begin to let God speak in your heart. Hallelujah. Now, let's, let's read on. He said, Jesus tells us then that, that it's not all God, it, it's us. We have some responsibility on what we're going to do with our life, what kind of life we're going to live, what kind of fruit we're going to produce. Amen? And then he tells us what to do. He says, brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the heart, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Uh, a good man brings out of the, the goodness of his heart, brings forth good things, or the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Well, <laughs> what's evil? A lot of people think evil is murder, you know. <laughs> but, you know, you go back to Numbers 13, and you'll find out that Moses sent some spies into the promised land, and 10 of them came back, King James says, with an evil report. What was the evil report? We can't do it. It was a report of doubt and unbelief. God had already told them he'd give them the promised land. He, God didn't tell them he gave them the land and there wasn't going to be opposition. He said, I've given you the land. Amen? Listen to me, church. You need to get a hold of this. Just because God has given you a promise, he's not told you that there's not going to be some giants, some walled cities, some opposition, and some, and some things trying to stop you from getting it. Amen? 
And what he's doing is he's telling you what he's wanting to give you. And then you have to make up your mind that you believe what God says more than you believe what you see. Amen. You know, the opposite of faith is sight. Somebody said, what are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about this. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. You know what? Sight, a lot of times, just produces doubt and unbelief. What is faith? Faith is looking over in the unseen realm and seeing what God says about it and knowing that the unseen thing can produce a seen thing. Amen? I can't see my words, but they can produce results. Hallelujah. And so am I going to let what I see determine what I have, or am I going to let what God says determine what I have? Because God knew there was a walled city there before he told him he was going to give him the land. God knew there was armed armies and all kinds of things in front of him. He knew there were things that were going to, to, to try to stop him before God said, I've given you the land. But that's not to stop us. Folks, listen, we're going to have battles to fight this year. We're going to have enemies coming against us. We're going to have opportunities to get defeated and, and frustrated and, and quit and say, it's not working. Let's turn back. But God knew those things were out there in front of you before he told you to go. You think Jesus was surprised when the storm came up in the middle of the lake? If he would have been surprised, he would have been up looking for it. But he wasn't concerned that there was a storm brewing. Why? Because he told the disciples, go to the other side. And what he's expecting them to do is this. Believe that my word to you to go to the other side is greater than any storm that the devil can blow up against you. Amen. In fact, when they woke him up, he looked at him and said, why are you afraid? What is wrong with you? Why are you in doubt? Oh, you of little faith. What, is, what, what was he saying to him? Didn't, you've already forgot what I told you to do? I didn't tell you to go out and drown me in the middle of the lake. I didn't tell you to get all upset when a storm blew up. I told you to go to the other side. I knew there was a storm coming. I was expecting you to just use your faith and get us right on through to the other side. Hallelujah. So I'm going to tell you right now, you said, I thought we were coming to hear good news. You are. Here's the good news. You're going to have some storms this year. The enemy's going to try to discourage you. He's going to try to get you in fear. He's going to hit you with things that you weren't ready for. But what you're going to do is you're going to keep the rudder in the right direction. And you're going to keep your eyes on what the Lord said. And it don't matter how bad the storm is blowing. You know that greater is he that's in you than he that's against you. And you're going to keep going in the direction God told you to go. Amen. And you're going to speak the word right in the midst of the mess. Amen. Because it's the word coming out of your heart, spoken through your mouth, is what's going to produce the harvest that you're going to eat. Amen. Hallelujah. And I want my harvest to be a good one. I want the produce that I'm bringing into my kitchen to be fresh. Amen. Hallelujah. Because I want the blessings of the Lord in my life. And that's what the Lord's teaching us here. And notice he says this in verse 33 again, or 35 there. About, he says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. Notice that the, the importance of feeding your heart the right stuff. Amen. 
Well, how am I going to do that? Over in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 22, or verse 20, he says, give attention to my words. You ever read that? Give attention to my words. Attend to my words. Give attention to my words. Proverbs 4.20. And then he says, incline your ear to my sayings. What's got your attention today? What are you listening to today? Because whatever you're giving attention to and whatever you're listening to is, 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 is getting a hold of your life. Amen? So what does the Lord say? He said, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. In other words, what is God saying to you? A lot of people can come up and say, tell me what the, the CDC is saying and what the health department is saying, what the news is saying, what the president is saying. I don't care about what all they're saying. I mean, you understand when I say I don't care. I'm saying this. I want to know what is God saying in this? Okay? I'm not saying that's not important, but it's not as important as what God's saying. Okay? Incline your ears to what God is saying. Then, and then what's he say about the next one? He says, he says, let that word get down in your heart. Why? Because they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. Notice you have to find the word. They are life to those that find them. What's that mean? That means God's expecting you, if you're going to produce a good tree, to do a little work. Amen. Have you found out that, that you can sit in a service and get distracted and, and walk out and not get what God was wanting you to say? Because you see, you have to find. You have to, that's why Jesus said, seek and you shall find. See, God's not going to force this stuff on us. But what he's going to do is this. He's going to raise up some people that are going to speak the truth in love and speak it in a very revelational way that you're going to be able to hear. And God is going to say to you now, here's how you in, here's how you find it. Give attention to what's being said. Get it before your eyes and don't look away from it. Keep your eyes fixed on that word. See, back in the Old Testament, when they were getting bit by those fiery serpents, they couldn't just take a quick look at the serpent on the pole. It says they had to fix their gaze upon it. Meaning what? They had to look at the serpent on the pole more than they were looking at all the snakes running around them. And folks, it didn't stop the snakes from running around them. It stopped the snakes from being able to bite them and bring death to them. Amen? And folks, there's going to be snakes running around the whole time. But thank God when I look at Jesus on that cross and keep my eyes on my redemption, it don't matter what they're doing. They can hiss all day long because my focus is not on those hissing around me. My focus is on the one that's raised me up and seated me in heavenly places with himself. Amen. See, we have to grab a hold of this and get it. That's why he says, he says, that's why he says, find them and get them down in your heart for their life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. And then you know what he says? Guard your heart with all diligence. Why? For out of it flow the issues of life. Guard your heart. You know, even as a Christian, you can get stuff that's wrong down in your heart. Amen. You can believe. I've known people that were so wrong in what they believed, but they were very serious and sincere about what they believed. They were just serious and sincerely wrong. Amen. And they weren't trying to be mean. They just believed that because they heard that. I mean, I was raised in a, in a family that was taught that speaking in tongues is of the devil. I was. And those people that spoke in tongues handled snakes and rolled on the floors and they were holy rollers. Okay? 
And so then, you know, the first thing happens whenever I give my heart to the Lord. Uh, Bonnie and I, we, we'd, we'd gotten married and we gave our hearts to the Lord. We're, we're going to school and, I, uh, and, and I'm, I'm praying and God's dealing with me. And the first thing I do is God begins to lead me to Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. And I get to read about speaking in tongues. But in my heart, that's not for today. That's not of God. That's of the devil. That's holy rollers. That's the crazies. And I was sincere. I didn't know any better. I thought, you know, mm-hmm. And I had a pastor said, uh, now when you read the book, skip over Acts chapter 1 and 2. You can pick it up in 3. When you get to the 10th chapter, skip that one too. 11th chapter is fine. 19th one is okay, but skip the first six verses. And then go on from there. Hallelujah. Well, you know what I did? I read chapter 1, 2, chapter 8, <laughs> chapter 10, chapter 16, 19. <laughs> but I said, something's wrong here. These people spoke in tongues and none of them, you know, handled snakes. They may have rolled a few of them. I don't know if they tumbled or rolled. There might have been some holy rollers. I mean, they were shouting, praising God. None of them were cursing God. None of them was doing that. I said, something's wrong here. Do you know what I had to do? I had to unlearn out of my heart stuff that had been taught me and relearn from God. And you know what? When I took out the junk and replaced it with the good, I began to produce fruit, and I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I found out the very thing that the enemy had used through religion to hold me in bondage and weakness was the very thing that God wanted me to have to give me strength and power. Amen? So you see, we have to find this truth for ourselves. We have to, it's got to be something we found. Amen? Something I see. Something that becomes real to me. And it becomes alive in me because that is what is going to begin to change you, praise God. And so we get in that word and it begins to change us. And, and all of a sudden, instead of producing the bad fruit and talking the doubt and talking the defeat, it begins to come out of us as victory and faith and overcoming because out of the abundance of the heart, the supernatural the overflow, the superabundance the Amplified talks about. Out of that overflow begins to flow out of me good things. And guess what I begin to do? I begin to produce those things in my life. Why? Because everything in the kingdom of God is voice activated. You think your phone is the first thing to ever respond to your voice? Heaven responds to your voice. Do you understand that you're recognized in heaven by your voice? Hebrews 4, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, and Hebrews 4, 14 says that Jesus is the apostle and high priest of our faith confession. You know what he hears in heaven? Your voice. You know what God responds to in heaven? Your voice. Amen. You know what the devil responds to on earth? Your voice. You know what the, 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 the things around you respond to? Your voice. God set everything up to work through voice activation. Hallelujah. How did you get saved? Voice activation. What do you mean, Pastor? What do you mean? Voice activation, Romans 10, 9 and 10. You believed in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins and God raised him from the dead. And with your heart, you believed unto righteousness. With your mouth, confession was made unto salvation. 
Guess what? Your words, your confession brought salvation into your life. And you weren't saved until you confessed Jesus as your Lord. And when you confess Jesus as your Lord, the power of your confession released the power of God to come in and take the old nature out, put a new nature in, and remit your sins and make you a new creation. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. The power of life is in your mouth. And that's how you started, and that's how you walk in this thing, praise God. And you keep pressing in and pressing in and pressing in, and God begins to show us these things, hallelujah. Now, look over in Mark's gospel, the 11th chapter. Mark chapter 11, somebody said, I knew he'd get there, praise God. But I'm going to start in verse 12. I'm not going to start where you thought I was. I'm going to start back up a little bit. I want you to look here in Mark chapter 11. And I want you to see something here. It says in verse 12, Now the next day, when they had uh, come from the village of Bethany there, he was hungry. Jesus, talking about Jesus, he was hungry. So they're, they're heading into town, going to Jerusalem. He's coming from Bethany. And Jesus is hungry. It's morning. I want some breakfast, okay? Now Jesus is on his path going into the city to clean up the temple, have a miracle service. And get everything ready so that he can have his grand entrance and then finally finish this thing up in the cruise. I mean, he's finishing his, his purpose on the earth. And so that morning, being human, just like we are, amen, he was deity, but he was also humanity, and he's hungry. And so he's going along, and, and he's a little hungry. And look what it says right here. And seeing from afar, in other words, a little distance away, off the path, a fig tree having leaves. Now, this thing you got to understand. Whenever fig trees had leaves, they usually had figs, okay? Now, here's what it says. And it says, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. Now, you know, it may not have been the season for figs, but this tree had leaves, which means it should have had figs, right? Now, let's read the next verse. What does Jesus do with this fig tree? In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you forever again. And his disciples heard. Notice it says in response. The King James says, and Jesus answered and said to it. Jesus answered and said to it. In response, Jesus said to it. That means that the fig tree was talking to Jesus if he responded. If he answered it, it had to say something to him first, didn't it? The fig tree was lying to Jesus to deceive him and distract him and frustrate him to keep him from doing what he was assigned from God to do. It was saying, come on over here. I've got some figs. You can have breakfast right here and enjoy yourself and have some food before you go into the city. And when Jesus got there, it was lying to him because it didn't have any figs. And you know what Jesus did? He turns and answers it. He responded and answered it. You don't answer somebody that didn't say something to you. You walk along and say, oh, yeah, that's okay. They look at you like, what is wrong with you? You're nuts, man. I didn't say anything to you. But that fig tree was speaking to Jesus. It was lying to Jesus. 
it was being a distraction and telling Jesus, come on over here, go ahead and get off the path and take a detour and get over here. And when Jesus gets over, it's trying to frustrate him, trying to distract him, trying to keep him from going. So what does the Lord do? He answers it. How does Jesus answer it? He says, nobody, nobody will ever eat fruit from you ever again. You know what he did? You ain't, you're not only not going to lie to me, you're not going to lie to anybody else. You're not going to be a distraction ever again. I'm giving you no place. I'm not going to stand here and hold a conversation with you. I'm not going to stand here and get upset. I'm not going to stand here and get frustrated. I'm not going to stand here and get mad at myself for getting off the path. I'm just going to deal with you right now with my words. I'm telling you right now, you're done. You know what Jesus did? Instead of letting the fig tree defeat him, he defeated the fig tree. Now I want to ask you something. What has been call, calling to you, talking to you, telling you, I've got something good for you over here, but you have to get off the path God wants you on and get distracted a little bit so that it can lie to you and pull you away. And when you get there, it wasn't as good as it said it was going to be. And now it's wanting you to get frustrated and complain and fuss. Why? Because that fig tree is a representation of Satan's attack. And the devil knows that the power of life and death is in your tongue. And if he can get you off the path and get you frustrated and get you complaining and get you to fussing at God, then he knows he can destroy you right there by the tree. So in 2022, how are you going to answer your fig trees? Because the word that you speak out of your mouth is going to produce life or it's going to produce death. It's going to give you victory or it's going to bring you into defeat. And Jesus right here is showing us exactly how to operate in the power of the kingdom of God. How to operate in the power of the kingdom of God? By responding with the word. Stand that there's a battle going on for your tongue. God is wanting his son to go to Jerusalem and clean things up. The fig tree's wanting him to stay over there, be distracted and frustrated. Jesus chooses to curse the fig tree so he can go be a blessing in the kingdom of God. I don't know what you're facing right now. I don't know what's lying to you. I don't know what's trying to distract you. I don't know what's trying to discourage you. But you know what? The longer you stand there and look at it and listen to it, the more it's going to have influence in your life. And you know what you need to do? You don't need to walk off, talk about it, or be, care what anybody says about it. You know what you need to do? You need to do what Jesus did. You need to turn to that situation right now and answer it with the Word of God. You're done. I'm not giving you another second in my life. You're not getting one more thought in my life. You don't have another moment in my life. I am finished with you now. Amen? And you know what you did? You used your words to kill the tree instead of speaking what the tree wanted you to say that would kill you. Amen? And notice here, too, that it says here, and the disciples heard it. What's that so important? Why is it so important the disciples heard it? You and I need to get delivered from people's opinions. Jesus didn't care who heard him. Are you listening to me? He didn't care that the disciples heard it. He's dealing with a problem. He's dealing with a distraction. 
He's dealing with a situation that's trying to keep him from fulfilling his father's mission. And Jesus doesn't care that they heard it. You and I, a lot of times, the reason we're not saying certain things is because we're concerned about other people's opinions. And I'm believing God tonight, we're all going to get delivered from opinions. 1 Timothy 6, 12, you know what the apostle says to Timothy over there? He says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life unto which you were called and have confessed a good confession before many witnesses. You know what he's talking about there? He's saying this, your confession that you have on Sunday morning at Anchor Faith needs to be the same confession you got on Monday morning in your job or in your home or in the neighborhood. It, and you need to say the same thing in front of Christians and the same thing in front of sinners. You need to be consistent with your words. Hallelujah. You have held fast your confession in the, in the midst of many witnesses. We should not have to go through town to find people. Just go to find out what you believe because they should know what you believe by what you say. Somebody says, yeah, but Brother Huffman, you know, if I would say something, you know, the Bible says not to cast your pearl before the swine. It also says not to be ashamed of the Lord nor his gospel. See, here's what's going to happen. If you are out here and, and you are faced with a situation and you know, I'm either going to speak unbelief or I'm going to speak the word. I'm going to act like I do in church or I'm going to act like the world. And you choose to act like you do in church. And you speak the word and you declare your faith and you say what you say and you hold fast your confession. Now, here's what's going to happen. Some people are going to go, yes, hallelujah, praise God, I'm in agreement. Other people are going to go, that's a little different. Other people are going to say, man, they're, they're fanatics. Another people are going to say, I don't know what they was doing. I'm going to tell you why they were just talking like, maybe they're just denying it. They're in denial. I don't really care what their opinion is. It's not their words that are going to choose what I'm going to eat. It's my words that's going to choose what I eat. It's my words that's going to produce for me life or death. I'll give you, for instance, something that happened with me, and, you know, and I hope you're never in this situation, but I, I guess it's been a few years ago. I was in my uh, probably late 30s, so 30-some uh, years ago. But anyway, <laughs> praise God. Uh, uh, we were, I was in YMCA playing basketball. I enjoyed playing ball and stuff, and I, you know. And so I was over there, and we were playing, and having a good time, you know, had a full court, and we was running back and forth, full court, that's why I kept myself in shape, and, and uh, I came down the floor, and I went up and got the rebound, and came down when I did, my ankle turned, and you could hear a pop, and man, I hit the floor, and pain just shot up my leg, and, and I'm telling you what, I was sweating, I was really, I was, you know, because it was hurting. And I'm, I'm sitting there, and the first thought is, you broke your ankle. The second thought is, I got to deal with this now. I can't wait. I got to deal with this now. And so I'm, I'm faced with a decision. Okay, do I do what I would do if I was by myself, or do I do what these people think I should do is right? And this is happening just real fast. I thought, I don't care what they say. I am not going to let the devil 
mess me up and be on crutches for the next two, two months or whatever and then have to go through all this stuff. And so I turned to them and, and they, all, they all gathered around me, you know, the guys who was playing both teams. And they looked at me and I said, listen, I'm a believer. Jesus is my Lord. I believe in healing. Now, if you can't believe and this is offensive to you, just turn your back and look the other way. If you believe God and can agree with me, just keep looking. But right now, I got to pray and deal with this ankle because it is hurting. And you know, two or three of them turned away and the rest of them stood and looked. And I laid my hands on my ankle and I began to pray in tongues. I began to speak healing and I began to thank God for healing me and thank God. And I'm going to tell you what, the pain started subsiding. I started praising the Lord and I got up and one of them helped me up and I got up and I walked around a little bit on it and, and stuff. And then I said, well, guys, I'm done playing, but thank you for being agreeing with me. And I left. And they'll just looked at me like, that was different. But I read the Bible, and, they, and, and the disciples heard it, amen? And I've got a decision to make. I'm going to either let my fig tree defeat me, or I'm going to defeat my fig tree right there. And I spoke to it, and I dealt with it. And I, you know, I thought, well, I don't know what's going on. Well, you know, my, my secretary at the time, uh, she came, I hired her, and this lady, about two months later, and she came in, and she'd worked for a doctor downtown, and she was a lady coming to our church, we needed a secretary, she applied, and we, we brought her in, and, and so uh, I was talking to her, and she goes, Pastor, he says, you know, it's a unique thing, I worked for Dr. So-and-so, I said, yeah, and she said, uh, he goes over the Y, and he knew you from the Y, I said, really, she goes, yeah, and he's not a Christian, but you know what, he's gotten more open to God. I said, well, that's good. She goes, you know why he got open to God? I said, what? He told me about you all breaking your ankle and praying in this crazy language and telling it to be healed and getting up when he just knew they was going to have to create you out there. And he said, it just stuck with him. He just, he's had a hard time getting over. It was just, it was just, he just thought, he thought, that man, that guy. <laughs> Amen. See, folks, the very thing the enemy's telling you that you look crazy with may be the very thing that somebody else is going to use to get saved. That's why we have to learn to operate in this. Amen. Now, look what Jesus says then in verse 20. Uh, the Bible goes down here and it says this. Now, in the morning as they passed by, they, they saw the fig tree dried from the roots. And Peter, of course, remembered uh, and said to him, Rabbi, uh, look, the fig tree which you curse is withered away. This is what Jesus says. And Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. This was an act of faith. This is a faith act. It wasn't a crazy man acting crazy out of frustration. Jesus spoke in faith when he dealt with that situation. Do you understand in Ephesians chapter 6, a part of the armor is the shield of faith? The Amplified says, have faith in God constantly. You know what he's saying there? He's saying, live by faith. You know what faith is? Trusting God in every situation you find yourself in. Looking to God in every situation you find yourself in. And the Lord is going to use that fig tree to teach these disciples a mighty lesson. He's teaching them it doesn't matter if something tries to distract you. Something tries to stay and pull you away. Stay in constant faith and trust with God. And when you respond to it, make sure you're responding out of faith in God. Amen. How do you know? Because the next verse, verse 23. 
For verily I say unto you, King James says, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. You're going to have what? What you believe? No. You have what you say. You know what Jesus is saying here? He's saying, just like I dealt with the distraction that tried to hinder me from going in and cleaning up the temple, you're going to find some mountains and distractions in your life. And when you come up against that distraction, have faith in God and deal with it. And deal with it from a place of faith, not a place of defeat, not a place of frustration, not a place of fear. Deal with it out of a position of faith in God. And he says, here's what you have to do. You have to believe that God is for you. God's going to get you through that thing. You have to believe it so much that you're willing to tell that problem, you got to go. Amen? And notice this, the fig tree was speaking to Jesus. And Jesus is saying, those mountains are speaking to you. What's that mountain saying? I'm too big of a problem for you. You'll never get over this. You'll never get through this. I've got you. You're defeated. How are you going to answer your mountain? See, that's going to determine victory or defeat because it's not what others say about your mountain. It's what you say. And notice Jesus didn't talk about the fig tree. Jesus talked to the fig tree. Notice Jesus didn't say talk about the mountain. He said talk to the mountain. Amen. Notice that Jesus told the fig tree to dry up and die. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to tell my mountain, dry up and get out. You're defeated. You're not going to distract me. You're not going to hinder me. I'm going to the other side. Amen. So I'm going to ask you again. What are you going to answer when mountains try to talk to you and tell you you can't do it? Amen. A good man or a good woman out of the good treasure of their heart brings forth good things. So you know what you need to do? Get it in your heart what the word says and put that word in your heart and put it in your mouth and turn to your problem and say, you're done. You're done. Some of you right here tonight, I'm going to tell you what's going to do. We're going to kill your mountain. Move it into the other, other side, out of the way. Some of you don't have a mountain. You just got a fig tree. And you're going through those leaves. And you walk around looking on the ground. And you call somebody, I'm so frustrated. There should be some figs on this stupid thing. I don't know what's going on. Quit hanging out with your fig tree. Amen. Whether that fig tree is a sickness, that fig tree is an oppression, that fig tree is some kind of a lie the enemy's trying to hold you in bondage with. It's time to get rid of it. And you don't have to stand there to see if it's going to die. The moment you speak to it, it will begin to change. The next morning when they came by, Peter and the apostles looked over and said, my God, look, Lord, 
that tree that you cursed yesterday is dried up and withered. In one day, it's gone. In Matthew's gospel, it says immediately it dried up. And you know, both of them are right. Because the moment that Jesus went out of looking and got into faith and spoke to it, it died right then. The next day, the result of it dying was able to be seen. Now, what's the answer to that? Sometimes, when you deal with a thing, it doesn't just disappear immediately. It takes a while for the leaves to, to wither. What do you do in those times? Hebrews chapter 4. You hold fast your confession of faith. For he is faithful who promised. Amen? I don't change what I say because of what I see. Because I can't see those roots dead under the ground. But if I hold fast my confession, I'll see the results of those roots dead because that tree will fall over and I won't have that problem in my life anymore. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you now and praise you for your word. Holy Spirit, thank you for showing yourself mighty and strong. Lord, right now, I pray all over this congregation, Lord. Lord, tonight is a night of killing lying fig trees, destroying the mountains and moving them out of the way. Lord, tonight, we thank you and praise you that we choose to answer the problem with the word. And our answers are going to be answered to faith in you. Because we believe that, Lord Jesus, you are the high priest of our faith confession, that you are watching over our words to perform them. And Almighty God, you create the fruits of our lips. And Lord, we thank you and praise you that this isn't just some fanatical uh, faith, name it, claim it type thing. But Lord, these are kingdom principles that you have given to us that we can be overcomers in this life. And we choose to walk in the power of the spoken word. And we thank you, Lord, that you created all things on this earth to respond to your word being spoken in faith. I thank you, Lord, for speaking to every heart right now. Lord, we're not going to be intimidated by the mountains. We're not going to be discouraged by the mountains. And we're not going to be frustrated for the lack of fruit on that fig tree. We're going to do what you did. We're going to deal with it tonight, get it out of our life, and go on forward doing what you've called us to do. We declare it in Jesus' name. Jesus name Jesus name hallelujah thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus praise you Lord Jesus hallelujah I want to ask a question right now how many in here will lift a hand up to the Lord and say I am a born-again child of the living God Jesus is my Lord come on lift it up as a testimony to Jesus Jesus you are my Lord you are my Lord that means you're the redeemed of the Lord. You know what David said in the Psalms? He said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Isn't it amazing throughout the Bible how many times God tells us to talk our redemption? Now then, how many of you are filled with the Holy Spirit? You've joined the rest of us crazy fanatics, tongue-talking, holy roller, shouters, hallelujah, amen. 
That means that this, you are citizens of the kingdom of God. Do you know that right now you're the pilot that James talks about in James chapter 3? You're the pilot of your ship. And James wants you to get a hold of the fact that you have authority to turn the rudder in the right way. What's that mean? You can control what you say through the power of the word. And when you control what you say, you control the direction you go. But what you've got to do is this. You and I have to learn that once we start in a direction, we don't change. Because James also says in the first chapter that when you ask something from God, you have to ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like the wave of a sea. And he becomes double-minded Meaning, speak in faith one minute, doubt the next, faith one. And he says, and he'll be tossed to and fro, won't receive anything. So you know what James does? James ties right into this. And he says, listen, once you've set your course, you hold on to it. And then the, the, the apostle to the Hebrews says, once you've started your confession, you hold fast and keep saying it until it comes to pass. Let your Lord have time to work in your life. Amen. Now, some of you in here right now, I'm going to tell you what the Lord spoke to me. You're, 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 you've been dealing with some things. You've been a little frustrated with some things. Some things have been held up. The enemy's tried to distract you and frustrate you. And, and, and I could go into some stuff, but I'm just saying it general like this. And if I've just said something that's witnessing your spirit right now and you find yourself in that, I want you to stand up right where you're at. Come on, just stand up. You can't deal with it till you face it. Faith doesn't ignore a problem. Jesus looked right at that fig tree and said, nobody will eat from you ever again. Amen? Jesus got very serious with it and said, you're done. You're not going to distract. You're not going to lie. You're not going to have any influence over anything from right now. He faced it, amen? And then he turns to the disciples and tells them to do the same thing. He says, step over in faith and trust in God and have so much faith that you're willing to look at that situation and say, now you, you go. You're out of my life forever in Jesus' name. Amen? And you speak to it. So right now, I want you, everybody in here, just lift your hands up to heaven. And you that are standing right now, I want you to lift your hands up to the Lord Jesus. And I want you to say this after me, Lord Jesus. You're Lord and high priest of my faith confession. And right now, I do as you said. I have faith in God. And in faith, I speak now to this situation. I command this situation to be cast out of my life. I curse you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now be gone. Never again will you have influence in my life. I declare my liberty right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, I'm going to thank you. And I'm going to keep confessing that the victory is mine. And you have turned my captivity and brought me into victory. For you are the high priest of my faith confession. And I declare it now in Jesus' name. Amen.
Now begin to praise him for it. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now what are you going to do? You're going to act like Jesus. You're not going to stand and see something happen. You're just going to go on and do what God's told you to do. I, I, as far as Jesus was concerned, that tree's done. Amen. As far as you're concerned, what is today? The 19th of January, 2022 at uh, 811. Praise God. It's done. It's finished. It's out of here. You're free. Amen. Come on, everybody. Stand up and let's give God some praise. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Now, now, just take a moment, everybody in here, and speak your faith. What do you need God to do for you? What do you need God to do for you right now? Speak your faith. Use your faith right now. Speak it out. Speak it out. Have faith in God and declare it right now. Out of the tr good treasure of your heart, begin to bring forth good things. Amen? Speak your healing. Speak that, 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 the, the blessing. Speak the provision. Speak it out. Just begin to say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. You've you got to give God something to work with. And Jesus is the high priest of your words. You've got to give your high priest something to work with. Isaiah 57, 19 says, God creates the fruit of your lips. Give him something to create for you. Hallelujah. Speak it out. Speak it out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now just say this, Jesus, you are Lord. Lord Jesus, you are my Lord. I am delivered. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm blessed. And I'm a blessing. I thank you, Lord. I am delivered from all authority, all power, all dominion of the devil and the kingdom of darkness. And I am now a citizen of the kingdom of God. And Lord Jesus, you are my Lord. And you have set me free. And who you set free is free indeed. So I am free indeed. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise now. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. Listen, folks, follow your confession, but make sure your confession is following Jesus. Amen? Follow your confession. In fact, you are following your confession. Amen? Follow your confession, but make sure your confession is following Jesus. Because if I say what Jesus says, I can have what Jesus said I can have. Amen? Because he is faithful and just, and he's good, and he's going to watch over his word to perform. Amen? Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithaboutaustin.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.